0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: I do my show on the Heritage Radio Network because I think it's important to talk about the impact of technology on our lives.
2: I do my show to reach home cooks and help them do better.
0: I love getting together with people in the industry. I like hosting my show Because to me, it's the stories about people and their relationship to food that help make the food more interesting and more delicious.
3: Our hosts do their shows as a labor of love, but we still need your financial support in order to keep the lights on and keep the tape rolling. Please become a member today at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Physical Culture Collective. For more information, visit their website at PhysicalCultureCollective.com.
1: I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Are you looking for a restaurant job? Maybe you're hiring for a restaurant job. If you are, this episode of Tech Bytes is for you. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. It is a gorgeous sunny day in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm sitting in a shipping container that has really ambient air conditioning, which is nice. And I'm talking about food and tech, which means this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network. Did you know that the Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit member-supported radio station that is devoted to all things food? Help us keep Heritage Radio Network alive by becoming a member today. It's our annual summer fundraising drive. So that means go to heritageradionetwork.org, because we're an org, not a com, and click on the beating heart and donate. Do it now while you're still listening to the sound of my voice, and throw us, you know, I don't know, whatever you spent on coffee today or maybe what you spent the last time you ordered pizza. Every little bit helps and will help us make more radio. Like this, Tech Bites. back to the beginning. I'm Jennifer Laiuzzi, this is Tech Bites, the weekly radio show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. <laughs> and we start off each show like a good meal with an app. We go around the shipping container and we get a little shout out from everyone talking about their favorite app. Something new, something old, whatever they use most frequently, and we're going to go throw it back to Mission Control, our engineer, and the Heritage Radio Network studio manager, David Tattashore. Hello. Hi.
3: Hi. So, uh, I was just at a wedding this weekend in Philadelphia, and we, <laughs> a group of us decided that, well, we're at a wedding, we're going to need an air horn, so... One of us found this app. It's called Hamhorn. Uh,
1: that's amazing. That's
3: pretty much all mm-hmm. it does. Oh, no. Actually, that's not all it does. We've also got... And let's see what else. Oh, there's a, there's a Wilhelm scream because you never know when you're going to need that.
4: <laughs>
3: so, you know, functional to the point.
1: So for all of you June brides out there, download the, what is it called?
3: Hamhorn.
1: Hamhorn. Is it free?
3: It's free. Oh, oh yeah, my god!
1: And if you're a bridesmaid and you have a really ugly dress that you have to wear, you definitely need this. <laughs> yeah. I love that app. Maybe you can use it during the show at appropriate moments.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an ear out. for Little, little would, sound effects. You can sneak one in, yeah.
1: yeah. It'll, it'll give the show more texture.
3: Yeah, exactly
1: acoustic wallpaper. (laughs) With me in the studio today, we have Patrice Vassell, who is a pastry chef. Hi. Hi. How are you? Do you have an an app that you like right now?
4: Uh, I'm actually using Snapchat a lot. Oh. Yeah. I I think I was a little late to the game. I literally just started using it a couple of weeks ago, but now I'm addicted to it. So that's kind of fun.
1: So do you like making the snaps or do you like looking at them or what's your what's your favorite side of the line to be on there
4: i like i like making the snaps because you can kind of do like a timeline of your day and it lasts 24 hours and uh, they have like all these crazy filters that you can use um one of them is face swap so if you have two people in your camera you can swap faces with them so that's pretty cool sometimes a little scary but It's fun. (laughs) What is your handle on Snapchat? Uh, My handle is Patrice Vassel. So if you want
1: to follow her and see what's happening on her Snapchat, (laughs) you can get in on that. Patrice and then Vassel, V-A-S-S-E-L-L. Yes. Excellent. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Ah, So much potential, so much possibility. Sitting next to her is Kristen Diver, who is the director of HR at the Dynex Group.
2: Hello. Do you have an app that you like right now? I recently downloaded SkyFit. I am someone who likes to be active but sometimes needs a little extra motivation to do so. Uh, So instead of just going for a run and worrying about the playlist or getting sick of what I have, they kind of curate the playlist and do more interval challenges and various things for yoga, elliptical, running, all kinds of, of exercise activities.
1: So is it primarily like an audio program that you listen
2: to? Or is it video? Is it stuff you watch? How, do, how does it work? It's audio. Um, so I think you can use it either at the gym or outside, which is which is nice and just adds a little more texture. Um, and it's like, great job. And sometimes it needs that, that little extra thing you need. You know, keep going. Or, you can do it. Exactly. But also we'll suddenly be like, okay, time to sprint. And you're like, I didn't see this coming. But it, it keeps it interesting. I get a little a little bored when I work out sometimes so has it kept you interested it is has. it working it has it's uh it's like you know what's coming next and it adds a little excitement to it so it sky S-K-Y? sky SKY. fit fit and is it a free app or Ooh, I think I may have signed up for like a free month trial but I think eventually you might have to pay for it but I don't remember okay and it's iphone and android I believe so okay sky fit
1: We love fitness. My app is an oldie but a goodie, but also extremely relevant right now. And I'm going to throw out Periscope. Mm. So if you're not listening to the news at all, (laughs) you would not be aware of the fact that in the Senate last week, in the U.S. Senate, um, when C-SPAN coverage was cut because of a sit-in about gun control. Mm -hmm. Some of the Democratic representatives turned to their smartphones and started broadcasting what was happening on Periscope and on Facebook Live, and that is pretty amazing um, and really shows how embedded social media, Periscope, and things like that are in our day-to-day lives and how important they've become in terms of disseminating information to the world. I have read many, many articles about the Democratic sit-in and the Live coverage via social media. And one of the really interesting things I noted was Periscope had actually gone in and done some how to use Periscope seminars, demo trainings with the Democratic National Committee or some other democratic groups. I'm not quite entirely certain what it was that they did, but pretty smart on on the part of social media periscope and on the part of, you know the Democrats to say, hey, here's a really amazing free tool to broadcast our message. Let's figure out how to make the most of it. And you never know if people hadn't been briefed beforehand on how to use it, they might not have reached for it and turned it on in that moment. So, you know, I think a lot of people, I know I get a lot of flack every now and again for being on my phone all the time. Like, what are you doing on the Twitter? Get off the Twitter, get off this, get off your phone. And while it's great to get off your phone, it's not bad to get in and figure out what new social medias are, how they work, get an account, get familiar with them, because you never know when you're going to need it to say something important. So Periscope, it's free. Get it. Start the revolution. So we have Patrice and Kristen here to talk about something that is very important, that is much in the news in the restaurant industry these days, this year, for the past year or two, and that is restaurant jobs, restaurant staff. And the topic is a big one for a couple reasons. One, there has been a loud and growing louder lamentation from chefs and restaurant owners desperate to find staff for their restaurants. There's a lamentation of where are the good cooks? There are no more good cooks. What's happening? There's also a huge change coming in how restaurant staff gets paid with the increased minimum wage and no tipping and different policies and different permutations of payment that restaurants are looking at to try and absorb the coming minimum wage increases. And there's also the cook side, the employee side it's a hard hard business and it's a hard life and maybe you want more of a life outside or maybe you want to be paid a living wage or you know maybe the old system of you know staging for free just kind of isn't working for people anymore so we have talked a lot about restaurant jobs on this show we had episode 54 where we had Journay. Sam Appel was on, and Journey is a digital community and a real-life community for the hospitality industry where they can meet, connect, and learn skills to kind of propel them forward. We had an episode, episode 50, with culinary agent CEO Alice Chen, which is one of the new uh, employment platforms to help people find jobs, help restaurant staff jobs. It really is um, one of the front-running, I think, food tech Platforms. We also did an episode 26 with Colintro's founder, Stephanie Berghoff, which is one of the original digital culinary communities. Um, Job finding, meetups, all those kinds of things. And while we love to talk to founders about their vision and what they're creating and what they're building, the flip side to that story is, has what they built worked for the people they intended to work for? So all of these digital platforms to find jobs are intended to work for Patrice, the job searcher, Mm -hmm. and Kristen, the hiring person. (laughs) So I thought it would be great to have these two come in and talk from both sides of the hiring, hiring line and see what digital tech is working, what's not working. And in spite of the fact that we have all these smart apps, smartphones, digital search engines, Restaurant industry is hospitality, and at the end of the day, it's a real-life experience. Do you still just have to go to the restaurant and hope to see the chef and hand that person your resume and hope to get a job? So I will start off with Patrice, who ha- is a pastry chef, mm-hmm. who has been in New York City for a little bit and has, a great, has some great places on her resume, like mm-hmm. the Breslin and Telepan. Yeah. Um, so you're currently in job search mode.
4: Yes, I am. And um, I'm actually right now staging at Café Belude for free, um, because when I was working at Telepan um, for about two years, they closed. Uh, and I kind of just decided to just take some time off, uh, figure out where I want to go next. And um, I, I've i been sending some resume, uh, resumes out. I actually used Culinary Agents a lot. and. CCAP founder Richard Grousman actually reached out to me and said, Hey, I think you should meet Aaron Bludorn from Cafe Balude. And I kind of just met with him and the pastry chef Ashley Browse. And I asked them if I could just lodge there for a couple of weeks. And that's what I'm doing now. So CCAP is careers through the culinary arts
1: profession, okay. careers mm-hmm. in the culinary arts profession. Mm-hmm. And it is a great group that helps people it focuses a lot on students coming out of high school and coming out of different culinary institutions to help them get jobs. So you got this stage based on personal connections. Yes. So you did not get the stage based on culinary agents.
4: No, I did not.
1: So what made you pick culinary agents and how has that gone so far? Is that the only platform you're on?
4: Uh, no I've actually I've used poached, I've used uh, Harry's, I've used Colintro, and you know it's good because I think we've come a long way since Craigslist. I think a couple of years ago, Craigslist was the only website you could really go to to search for jobs and to put ads out. And I had a profile on culinary agents that I hadn't looked at in like a very long time, and I saw that I actually gotten some messages from people that were hiring. So I kind of just stuck with culinary agents in that sense. Um, LinkedIn was another one where I was getting a lot of emails from people that were looking for pastry cooks, pastry chefs. If I knew anyone, you know, to send a message out. So that was pretty cool, too. So if you have been getting
1: messages on these different platforms from Mm -hmm. people who are looking for staff... Why are you working for free right now?
4: Because I'm trying to just figure out where I want to go. Um, I think that... Well, one, when I was working at Telepan, there was a huge... um, There were so many places that were hiring. More than I'd ever seen in a really long time. A lot of people were looking for uh, sous chefs and pastry sous chefs. A lot of restaurants tend to just promote from within. So I was pretty surprised by that. But I also... I'm really just figuring out what company I want to work for that I want to be with for a very long time. And that I'll be able to grow. So um, after I'm done staging at Café Balloude, I'm kind of looking at other places to stage at to see you know, what they do, how the people are, and just stuff like that. So for people listening who are not
1: familiar with the stage system, the stage system really goes back to the old European model, where becoming a chef, or a pastry chef, or a bread baker, was really an artisan craft. And you became an apprentice, and you worked, and you often worked for free, so you could learn your craft. And then you got a job, and you moved up. And part of, um, sort of, part of that system is being a stage, which is sort of like being an intern or an extern, would mm-hmm. be sort of the American equivalent in terms of language. And it's very, very common in the restaurant world to have people come in and stage. And it basically boils down to kind of being a prolonged job interview, where the person comes in and they have an opportunity to work. Sometimes you stage for a day, and you come in and you see if you like it. Sometimes you stage for a week or a couple weeks, and it gives someone like Patrice an opportunity to see if this is the restaurant for her. But then it also gives the chef and the staff an opportunity to see what kind of skill she has, if she gels with the rest of the crew. So now I'll turn to Kristen and say, from Patrice's point of view, it seems like there are, are a huge number of restaurants hiring more than ever now. Is that accurate?
2: That is absolutely accurate. I think um, you know we're we're in a place right now where you look around and you go on any of these job boards mm-hmm. and you see the caliber of restaurants that are actively advertising for line cooks, for pastry cooks, um, and it's really unbelievable. So for those
1: following along at home, the Dynex Group is the umbrella company that represents and is all of Chef Daniel Boulou's restaurant, who's a powerhouse in his own right. Mm-hmm. How many restaurants does the Dynex Group have now globally? 18. 18, amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> amazing. So how do, you,
2: how do you staff 18 restaurants worldwide? You know, we spend a lot of time, um, it was interesting hearing your point of view, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to grow from within. It's, uh, you know, it's much easier to get an entry-level cook, to get someone coming out of culinary school, to get someone coming through a program, and really train them and teach them, because we're finding the real gap is for that kind of experienced line cook position. I think part of that also has to do with how much we celebrate uh, success early on in a career. You know, you look at all of these uh, accolades and it's, you know, 30 under 30 and it's getting younger and younger, it seems. And there's this myth that... Rising star. Yes. You know, you're supposed to come out of school and know everything and find immediate huge success. Um, So you're kind of lacking in that. I'm going to put my head down and work really hard and, you know, master the basics and become this experienced line cook. It's people immediately trying to jump to sous chef for opening their own place Mm -hmm. um so we really find that nurturing our own talent and trying to build people you know from from the base is a really great way to do it
1: that is an interesting observation the the accolades and validation and you know fame and celebrity that is potentially available to to young cooks or cooks with very limited experience. There's also, I think, people who decide to go right for it and open their own place. And there are a lot of restaurants that receive similar attention, best new place on the hot list. Um, and there are people who have, you know, very very few years or small experience in the industry, and and then that becomes a thing also. So. It sounds a little bit like balancing expectation from what the perception is for young cooks and people starting off in hospitality when the media shows us that all these things seem to be sort of par for the course. But in actuality, it's you know one in how many thousands? How many of <laughs> hundreds of thousands. So, which, which, um, So promoting from within, finding cooks at the beginning of their careers, what are the avenues that are most fruitful for you?
2: You know, we spend a lot of time doing on-campus recruiting. You know, we go to the various cooking schools culinary schools like a big company like a big fortune 500 IBM going to MIT to recruit the class absolutely and you know at that point yes you're looking at resumes you're looking for where did they do their externships where have they been but what you're really looking for is passion is this someone who is truly dedicated who is going to come in with the right attitude who's willing to accept criticism is willing to learn and grow and have some setbacks Um, to move forward and really excel in their in their future career
1: so they're looking for cooks with a lot of potential and possibility we're looking for who our sponsors are to help us keep the lights on and this is the perfect opportunity for us to take a little break to listen to some music and find out who those very generous companies are that help us keep the lights on
3: This is Gavin Van Vlack from Physical Culture Collective, Bushwick, Brooklyn. You are listening to the Heritage Radio Network. Gavin Van Vlack and Jenny Livingston at Physical Culture Collective bring you an alternative gym experience right in Bushwick.
4: It's fun to move around and to move around in a way that you wouldn't normally get a chance to do. So like a lot of what we do here is um, you know, on the ground or standing. You're not, you know, you're using equipment, but you're not using machines.
3: I grew up in very alternative cultures. I grew up in the punk rock and hardcore scene. Muay Thai was something that very much resonated to me. And it was like, yeah, this is, this is something that I can get around. This is a, this is a sport that's for me. Learn more about classes and membership options at physicalculturecollective.com or visit them at 857 Broadway in Bushwick, Brooklyn.
1: Well, if you just joined us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is not a Muay Thai gym seminar from Gavin and Jenny at Physical Culture Collective. Although maybe we wish it was. This is Tech Bytes, the weekly radio show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today we are talking about getting a restaurant job, hiring for a restaurant job, and if digital is the way to go or if it still takes old-fashioned showing up with a paper resume and talking to the chef. So we're here with Patrice Fasel who is a, where would you put yourself in the spectrum of experience in terms of a, of a cook, um, the cook's life? Where do you put yourself?
4: I think that I'm pretty experienced. I've been doing this since 2007. Okay. <laughs> My first restaurant job was at Country, Jeffrey Zakarian's wow. restaurant. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was working for uh, Doug Saltis. I oh. was, yeah, I was his intern um, on the savory side and I was there for about a year. And then I studied abroad in Italy through my school. I went to Monroe College, and uh, I was there for three months. Came back, needed a job. Uh, I had a friend that worked at Marc Foggione. They were looking for pastry, which was not my expertise at the time. But I decided to trail, and the pastry chef, she liked me, and she hired me. So I've been doing it ever since. So what
1: types of jobs Um, are you interested in right now like right. what would the category be or the title or the job slot
4: uh, well i've been looking for sous chef positions um and you know what kristen was saying earlier a lot of people a lot of restaurants when they want to hire managers they tend to promote from within so the interviews that i had gone on a lot of them were like you know you have a lot of experience But I think that you should start as a cook first and then work your way up. And I have no problem doing that either, because it's a good way to get to know me and to know what I can do and what I'm capable of doing.
1: So what has been most successful for you, looking at the job listings on culinary agents, which is the profile you seem to like to use Mm -hmm. the most, or the word of mouth connections to the industry, which is how you got your current stage?
4: Um, both actually okay. I've, I've actually had a lot of people Come up to me and said Hey, um, you know, my friend Is a chef at River Cafe And they're looking for pastry And, um, you know Mr. Grousman from CCAP He's actually been like uh, Sending me a lot of links to people that are hiring And he knows a lot of people in the industry This industry is so small Very
1: small <laughs> Everyone
4: knows everyone <laughs> in this industry So it's actually, it's not hard uh, finding a job, especially in New York City, where the industry is so f- so small. And um, it's all about networking. It's all about
2: networking, Yeah, I, Would you agree with that, Kristen, that it's all about networking? I agree completely. I know, you know this question is getting posed. Is it a paper? Is it technology? Is it showing up? But it really is. It's a little bit of everything. And the restaurant, I call it a community because it really is. It is so small and it's so close-knit. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost a spider web because everyone has worked with everyone. Everyone can get a reference on you from someone they worked with. And so, you know, there are these amazing job boards and this technology base, but it still means someone's going to pick up the phone and get a reference on you or you're going to show up and you're going to do a trail.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, but I think, you know, the network is so important. You know, we recently just launched our alumni group on Facebook for Dynex because we thought, what a great way for people to kind of see what everyone is still up to you know we use LinkedIn for that same purpose um, so it's a great way to try and keep that, that community close because it is a, also a great way to network and to, mm-hmm. to hear and see what all these amazing people are up to.
1: So that's interesting alumni for Dynex on Facebook so if anybody's listening who has worked for the Daniel Bulu Empire mm-hmm. get in on the alumni group. Absolutely. Come Something interesting might be happening there so, Kristen, tell us when you are looking through resumes, how many how many responses would you get for an entry level cook position at, say, Danielle, which is the mothership and the star, super starred, super fancy, swanky signature <laughs> restaurant of the group? If you put out an ad for an
2: entry level cook, how many responses would you get? It tends to vary. I think, you know, for entry level at restaurant, Danielle is probably going to have a larger pool than if we're putting out a position for, say, an experienced line cook at one of the other restaurants that uh, may not be quite as shiny, if you will. Um, so it it's a kind of a quantity versus a quality. And, you know, when we talk about moving, you know, to the age of culinary agents and poached Clintro versus Craigslist that's really what you're getting. You're getting less responses, uh, but more qualified responses.
1: What do you look for in a resume or an email when people are applying? Is there anything that you really want to see? Is there a glaring mistake that people make over and over again? Do you have a top three things that people do that make you nuts? Sure, I have a top 20 list for that. Um, you I know. don't know if the show's long no, enough for no, that. No, but if you... Let's a few. hit the highlights. Let's hit the critical <laughs> ones so that, you know, Kristen and uh, so that Patrice and, and other folks listening who might be looking for work might be able to
2: take a look at their resumes and emails that they send and see how they, how they match up. I would say more a piece of advice, really, than a criticism is, you know, do five minutes of homework really know what you're applying for and who you're applying to. Um, you know, if I see the same name has applied for a pastry cook position at D B B Bistro and an entry-level server job at Restaurant Danielle and a sommelier role at Cafe Blue, mm-hmm. I know that you don't know. What you're looking to do, so kind of conveying that sense of purpose, having a message, telling your story, um, of course, we're looking for you know experience where have you worked a good reference, all of those kind of fundamentals, but I think really taking the time to go to the website, you know, do two minutes of research, know a little bit about the restaurant, know a little bit about the role, and really you know show us that you that you're committed and that you have passion for the industry.
1: And that you're paying attention and you yes. know how
2: to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are wonderful, wonderful characteristics. <laughs> I
1: did um, every now and again, I do consulting on startups and things like that, different business marketing, communication, advising. And um, one of the things that I always suggest when people are looking to hire, when they do their job postings, because the, there's a there's kind of a f- very formulaic website that startups do where they have the advisor page, they have the careers page, they come work for us, and people take a look at those things as a part of, is this something I want to invest in? I always, I always recommend that when they're hiring, within the list of items to submit to apply for the job, they put a bullet point in there that is asking a very specific question that's not necessarily related something like and what's your favorite podcast or what's your favorite facebook group or you know something that is tangential to it but that would be so specific that someone would need to respond and my favorite podcast is tech bites and if they don't have that line item and they don't have the list of things then you know that their attention to detail is less than 100 percent I was
2: recently at a career fair and uh, at the Culinary Institute of America, and was traveling back with another uh, director of HR. And at the same time, we received the same thank you note from a student that we had met there, who had clearly copy and pasted the company names, but the exact the exact same thank you. And in a way, it's to be expected. You know how much are you going to add in but any any specific detail no matter how small just that one extra sentence that you change between those notes um as we've mentioned it's a small community and uh, there's an amazing amount of camaraderie and so we do talk a lot (laughs) so (laughs) but out of
1: how many how many people how many students did you speak to that day
2: ballpark a hundred and how many sent you a thank you note I didn't receive them all because I did not speak to 100 students, but I received a solid handful. I would say probably about 50% of the students follow up and send some sort of thank you. Okay, so that's pretty good. 50% is is great. Absolutely.
1: That's impressive. Mm -hmm. See, I was hoping that the kid who cut and pasted would be a little bit higher up,
2: like only five people sent a thank you note. Mm -hmm. No, I I would say the college students are actually much better about that than the general applicant pool. I wonder yeah.
1: if that's because they're being primed absolutely. and educated on what absolutely you need to do to find a job, a list of things to go through, resume, thank you note, letter, shake
2: hands, look people in the eye. They're also stuff. still hungry for it. I think, you know, when you, you know, we talk about kind of these shortages in the market and and people know that you're really after them in a way. And I think, one of the things that I love about getting on campus is there is there is a hunger and an excitement and just kind of that raw passion and so they still say thank you and they're still excited to speak speak with you.
1: So, Patrice, do you feel mm-hmm. like it, it, it's a it's a you know I don't know if you see yourself as being the buyer or the seller, but do you mm-hmm. feel like it's the cook's market right now because there are so many job listings? Yes, do you definitely. feel like you have? An opportunity to really pick and choose who you want to work for?
4: Yes, and that's why right now I'm taking the time off, I'm staging at all these places, trying to figure out where I want to go because I want the next restaurant I want to work for, I want to be there for a very long time. So we have like, we basically have an advantage right now. Everyone's hiring, um, restaurants are opening left and right. So this is like definitely the time to start just, you know. Figure out what you want to do. Get out there. Put your resumes out there. Just trail at a bunch of different places. Just figure out. You know what? What I do is I usually research the restaurant. I try to see if they have like a high turnover rate. I look at their menus. How do you research
1: that? How do you research um, I if ask a restaurant people, has a
4: high turnover rate? I ask people who have worked there if they've worked there before. I usually ask um, you know, managers like sous chefs and executive chefs, and you know I try to figure out how many people they've gone through in a short amount of time, because that also says a lot about the restaurant. So I kind of do like that kind of research. And um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I've been doing right now. So if there is a
1: restaurant that you want to work for, or mm-hmm. think you might want to work for,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and they're not currently hiring, mm-hmm. what would you do?
4: Um, That's funny, because...
1: Because that's usually how the dream jobs work. Yeah, You know, you hear all the stories from the chefs about how, wow, and I really wanted to work at this restaurant for this chef, so Mm -hmm. I went every day, or I called, or depending on how old the person is telling the story, they might have sent a fax or showed up. Mm -hmm.
4: Uh, I think what I would do is I'd probably contact their HR person or... Any manager there, send them my resume, say, hey, you know, I've really wanted to work for you guys for a while. If you guys have any openings available, I'd love to come in for a trail or an interview. Just stuff like how that. How would you
1: find the HR person?
4: Um, research. Google is very good at that. I actually, that's how I even found out about CCAP. If it wasn't for Google, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. So, yeah. Um, I, call, I call the restaurant. You know, I ask them to, so... So
1: basically, good old fashioned
4: research. Yeah. That's
1: great. Mm -hmm. Don't hear a lot of that Mm -hmm. nowadays, although Google is is a powerful tool. Yeah.
2: Kristen, what do you do with people who reach out to you that you don't have a spot for? I think, you know, I give a lot of credit to the Dynex team and, and my team specifically. We try and talk to everyone. So even if we know that it's maybe not someone that we have a specific role for right now, we want to talk to you. We want to see you. We'll bring you in, you know, hear about what's your dream. What are you looking for? Keep that in our back pocket. Um, I think, you know, sometimes you get that blow off of like, well, maybe not now, but if something comes up down the road and I think especially right now when we're in the industry is, that's not a blow off at all. It really is. You know, there's a pile of resume. We take incredible notes. There are databases. I think, you know, with all these technologies and these sites, it's a way to kind of keep track of people, too, which is really wonderful. And we do. We reach back out. And if something changes, if there's a different opportunity, the great thing about having, you know, 18 restaurants kind of under our umbrella is normally there's something um, and things move and change and we can kind of shift the puzzle pieces around and make something work.
1: So you talk about having a database of people and things making it making it a lot easier because it's electronic. And you also talk about checking references. Do you Google potential employees? Do you, I mean, we that's something that we hear about being a cautionary tale, especially for young people who are c- mm-hmm. first coming into the job market, sort of the idea of the HR person looking at their resume and then Googling them. And while the resume is very, very sharp and professional when you google them they have maybe a digital media or social media footprint that is perhaps less professional do those kinds of things play in should people clean up their social media
2: if they're looking for a job i think it's always something to be mindful of um i think for the most part we look more for professional references places that you've worked do you show up on time are you a team player Mm -hmm. um you know, kind of those basics are, are more important. Um, but, you know, if you're ever on the edge and then you find something unsavory online, it certainly, you know, it doesn't help your cost. So you really do call the references? We do call the references. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's it's calling a friend yeah. because you know someone who worked there who knows them or, or something like that.
4: Okay. So it's not as
2: it's not as kind of by the book calling for that professional reference as much as picking up the phone and saying... Hey, did you work with this person? So, Patrice, does that make you think a little differently about
4: Snapchat? Um, no, cause <laughs> <laughs> I, cause it's only around for twenty-four <laughs> hours. Well, no, I. My social media outlets are pretty professional. I'm I'm friends with a lot of chefs and uh, people in the industry that can see my profile. So I'm very, you know, I'm also a little boring. So there's nothing really <laughs> that I do that's crazy, but. Um, I've also had people call me and ask me for references. Um, when I was at Telepan, I have a friend who is Executive Sue at Bouchon Bakery. And someone sent their resume in for uh, uh, to Perse. And they asked me, hey, you know, I saw this guy's resume. Do you know him? Is he good? So, you know, I just tell her what I know. And that's really it. So
1: something that I'm going to ask both of you just because is... Luck would have it. Um, We have two women representing the cook market and Mm -hmm. a woman representing the restaurant hire market. Mm -hmm. And for those of you listening for the first time, I, too, am a woman. We talk a lot about women in this industry. It's a big topic also. And while obviously... When you hire you know, for a job, you're looking at people um, you know, from a you know, transparency and an equal opportunity and all those kinds of things. But Patrice, is it important to you to work for a woman, or to work for a woman chef, or to go to a restaurant that has a lot of women in the kitchen? Um, Does that make a difference to you when
4: you're researching or looking through? It doesn't really make much of a difference to me, um, but I also think we've come a long way. Uh, when my when I was at country, I was one of the few females in the kitchen and now I'm working with a lot of females so um I don't really i tend not to I don't really like to look at that I don't like to put myself in like a box I like to just like branch out and wherever whatever restaurant I think is a good fit, whether I be the only girl there or not you know I'm all for it really so so the Fit level, though, if you mm-hmm. walked
1: into a kitchen and you were the only woman,
4: mm-hmm.
1: does that impact your fit level or your comfort level or not at all? Have you worked in a kitchen where you've been the only woman? Yeah, I've,
4: <laughs> I think I'm used to it by now. I've literally just been the only female in a kitchen for a couple of years, a good number of years. So I, I'm, I'm used to it. I, I like it, too, because I always tend to be like everyone's sister or little sister. And it's always like a family dynamics. So.
1: Kristen, does that have any impact for you? I mean, you're a woman running a hiring team for a very big, well-respected global entity. Do you pay attention to, you know, how many men or women are applying, what the,
2: you know, breakdown is in terms of restaurants? Does that play anywhere in the back of your head? I think it does play uh, more in the back of my head than kind of, you know, first in mind or with analytics of any sorts but you know I think any team is going to be stronger when it has some diversity to it and that includes you know gender among so many other factors and so I think if you walk into a kitchen walk into any of our kitchens you'll see a a strong female presence okay I do think that
4: females in the kitchen do have a lot more to prove um, because there's I guess an image that we're not as strong and you know we We can't work as much and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think that there's definitely a lot more to prove being in the kitchen as a female. But you just got to do it. Interesting times. Interesting times right now across the
1: board from our politics to our restaurants to wages Mm -hmm. and earnings. And, you know, if we had more time, we would talk about maybe maternity leave as being one of the new hot topics for how... Successful In the future, women will be able to be in their jobs, whether that be in a restaurant or at Facebook or, you know, IBM or anywhere for that matter. Um, women and then tangentially men. So we are at the end of our time. I told these two ladies right before we went on air that the time would go by very quickly. <laughs> and I think I was true to my word. Yeah, definitely they, true. So I typically end the show with a question to each of my guests for a piece of actionable advice to our listeners um, so people can take a piece of Tech bites with them and maybe do something to improve their day. I do feel like a great deal of what we talked about was a whole lot of advice and mm-hmm. recommendations and personal experience for people looking for work and maybe even for restaurants who are hiring. So I'll ask you ladies some questions that are not about the job search. Patrice, you are a pastry chef. Right now we're in the summer and we are in amazing fruit season. What's your best piece of advice to how to do some, past- do some dessert or pastry with the f- summer fruit?
4: Uh, well, one, I would say go to the Union Square Green Market because it's amazing and they have some of the best produced. Uh, and I'm all about pie in the summer, so I would make like a fruit pie. I'm all about
1: pie in the summer also. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that idea. And if you're not in New York City, go check out whatever your local green market is. Yeah. They are actually everywhere, yes. believe it or not, from coast to coast and in the middle. So definitely see what's seasonal and put it into a crust and bake it. Kristen, you, I'm, I'm very intrigued by the whole uh, Facebook alumni group. What's your best advice for putting together a strong Facebook community?
2: Because we love community and digital and marketing. We love community. Uh, I think it's really getting your team on board. So was this an idea that was part of our kind of PR marketing, HR brainstorm? Of course. But it was getting our executive chefs and chef de cuisines to access kind of their networks that were already there to really to make it happen. If you can get your team on board, then amazing things happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, teamwork makes the dream work. Always. <laughs> Hashtag. Kristen, if somebody is interested in finding out what jobs are available in the Dynex group
2: and getting in touch, how do they do that? They can go to danielblue.com. Uh, we are actually revamping our website, so it's a very exciting time to go. Uh, and there's a career section that will show all of our open and available positions. Great. And usually that's, and then connect by email. Absolutely. Okay. And if anybody is looking to
1: hire a pastry sous chef who wants to make pie, Patrice, <laughs> what's the best way for people to get in touch with you?
4: Um, email. My email address is N E T T underscore V A S S E L L 1 4 at hotmail.com or uh, Look Facebook. You up.
1: Culinary, culinary agents profile, <laughs> yeah.
4: perhaps? culinary agents. Um, yeah.
1: What's your dream job? One restaurant, worldwide. If you could walk into a pastry kitchen mm-hmm. as the sous chef tomorrow, anywhere, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. That's,
4: <laughs> that's, that's a hard one. Um, probably one of Union Square Hospitality Group's restaurants. Uh, Danny Meyer. Uh, Gramercy Tavern. Okay. I've eaten Mike
1: there a Anthony, of yeah. if you're listening, <laughs> we got a pastry sous chef. You're the number one pick. Maybe you can reach out. Anyway, I want to thank Patrice Vassell and Kristen Diver for coming in and really sharing personal experience about looking for a job, hiring for a job. It's really important. Um, it's a big issue right now and at the end of the day, everybody wants a great job and everyone wants to have great people working for them so that we the public can have amazing places to eat. It's a good good topic. If you have something to say about it and you want to get in touch, Tech Bytes is very interactive. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Tech Bytes HRN or Tech Bytes HRN at Gmail if you want to send us an email. And I think that's it. We're out of time. If you like this, come back and see us again. Mondays, 1 o'clock. I'm Jennifer Liuzzi, and this is Tech Bytes.